Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Fiction. Fiction. Horror. Fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and our Warren. Third one. 102.3 FM Riverside. And 1050 AM Palm Springs. I asked a bird how to sing. Time's gone by 
People listening probably haven't heard that song before because it's not something we played before. Babe, are you still there? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Um, yeah. So that was that. That was uh, from a new artist, someone that uh, I've met before, and uh, we've sort of uh, known each other for a little while now. And he's got a debut album out now, and. Um, so that, that song is called I Want to Be a Spark, and um, joining us is the, uh, the artist and uh, the singer, the writer, uh, just everything, Peter Lawrence. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Uh, tell us about that. So um, th- that song, um, where did it come from? So it's interesting. Initially, we tracked 10 songs, and we did that at Dockside in Louisiana with the rhythm section. And as I went along, one of those songs was not cutting the mustard. The other ones were, I felt were very strong and one was not. So I decided, okay, this is gonna be a nine song project. I'd rather have nine songs that I felt strongly about than have one on there that I didn't. And then the pandemic happened and I was in isolation and out of the bowels of the pandemic comes I Want to Be a Spark, which is really the centerpiece of this uh, project. It's very upbeat. It's really positive. And it was recorded remotely, whereas all those initial tracks were recorded uh, in the, the, the rhythm section was recorded at Dockside. This was recorded completely remotely. So the bass player was in Nashville. The drummer was in New Orleans. The percussionists were a different studio in Nashville the background vocalists were at a different studio in Nashville the cellist was in Vermont so it's very interesting how this particular one came together and I'm happy because I feel like even though it was recorded separately it still fits in really nice to the entire project well and that's crazy and I mean how does that how is that recording something like that where you're all separate like that that must have some challenges you know it definitely does it and it's interesting because the way it started out you know I basically wrote the song and the way I work is I I write on guitar I write on piano but I'm average at playing and so what I'll do to really dial in my vocal is I'll send that track off to a pianist or a guitar player that I know will do a perfect job with the track and send it back to me. In this case here, I sent it off and I said, okay, just give me my track back exactly how I played it, but do it with perfect timing, basically. And then also, I like to involve people's creativity. So I said, okay, give me something back that's your interpretation of what I did. So I get these two files back and I accidentally hit play at the same time. And so I'm hearing his part and my part, two basically harmony guitars, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's the song. So I, I went back to him, and I said, okay, just put these together, and that was the heart of the song. It was pretty much accidental. Um, it kind of reminds me of Landslide from uh, Fleetwood Mac. And yeah. um, it, really, it, really, um, it really makes the song. So I like working like that, spontaneously and accidentally. And that's that's sort of the um, nuts and bolts of that one. Well, it sounds like you you write um, in conjunction with uh, with the music, or, or do you write lyrics first? So it's interesting how that happens for me. I don't know how it happens for other people. I've heard stories, I've read about it, but I literally will get a word or a phrase, hmm. and. And it's the type of thing where it's not coming down from my mind. Like, it's not an awakening in my mind. It literally is as if it's coming up from my belly, from the place of intuition. So it, it's a feeling of it coming up rather from down. And when I feel that, it's a strong sensation. I know right away I get out my phone and I just write down whatever that, that idea that has arisen. 
and generally then the next day I get another. So what happens is over the course of say a week or two weeks, I have all of these what appear to be random thoughts. I don't censor, I just have that feeling in my body, I write them down and then I also get the feeling like, okay, whatever this is, is complete. And I will then look through my notes because the less I actually think about it and judge it, the more freely it flows. And then I can very easily see, oh wow, here's the chorus, here's the bridge, here's the first, you know, literally, like I want to be a spark, probably I spent 15 minutes on it. So once I literally took those pieces, you know, again, the, the, the universe is non-linear. And <laughs> so all I had to do is just rearrange the pieces. And wow. once those pieces are there and the form is there, then I, again, get that feeling again, that place of intuition. It's time to sit down at the piano. I don't sit down at the piano. I don't sit at the guitar until I have that sense of completion felt in my body. And then literally the music just flows straight through and I walk wow. away and it's done. And that's when I send it off to someone who's a lot more talented than I at uh, playing. And, um, and that's how it comes about. And I don't know, again, and, you know, without judgment, how anyone else does it, but literally there was a time that I, you know, I felt like I wanted to write songs and what I wrote was horrible. And I was almost ashamed of what I was writing because I felt that so much more was possible. I just didn't sense I, that I had access to it. So I actually completely surrendered the craft. I gave up. I sold my guitar, sold my piano. I stopped writing songs because I just couldn't bear writing another crappy song. And um, so after a year went by, I met this minister and she gave me a guitar. And that was the moment that just all these songs, that's when I felt what it felt like just to have the music just rush through me. So it was this place of surrender that allowed creativity to really open up. You know, the, the muse can't be possessed. That's my experience. Hmm. Wow. That's sort of like Dave in a sense. Well, you know, but Dave hears voices <laughs> in his head and he writes them down and he puts out these uh, fiction books and stories and stuff. So, uh -huh. yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, you know, he's a little bit insane. But, I'm nuts. But so you say it doesn't come from the mind, it's coming from down below. So where do you think that these things come from for you? Well, it's interesting. I mean, it is very philosophical, but yeah. to me, the entire universe is music. That's that's my understanding. You know, spiritually, the entire universe, if you want to know what it is, is music. So when we're just tuned in to the universe, you know, like the, the, the idea of the ohm, and it makes this primordial sound, well, everything is vibration. So hmm. if you're open to receiving that, you know, the muse... The muse will uh, speak to you, whether that's writing books or whether it's music. Um, it's all coming from the the primordial sound of the universe. And um, I've tried it the other way, and it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, but looking back at it, do you really think it was horrible? Do you can you can you um, look back at what you were doing before? Um, maybe it just didn't feel right, but was it really? You know what? I, I, okay, so I, maybe I'm a little hard on myself. I, I, I've got pretty high standards. Yeah. Um, and I really, you know, strove uh, in every respect to uh, meet those standards. Um, but yes, I remember like my first real demo was in college, and I was, it was at Star Tracker Recording Studio in Lincoln, Nebraska, 24 track, two inch tape. It was three demos. I can tell you, the band was a lot better than the songs, you know, like, so, you know, yeah, I got, I got some great experience. Um, I really sunk my teeth in deep, you know, made, uh, you know, we made some cool sounds. I, I'm sure I can go back. I can find a line in each one of those songs that I would maybe steal, but that's about it. So again, you write about that. So it's just a question of, you know, we're just getting experience as artists every time we take the risk of doing our art. So I'm, Maybe being, I'm being hard on myself, but even maybe a little facetious. But yeah. it, it, it is honest. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that music out um, today. Well, I mean, today it might be hit. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta, I have to find, I have to find that tape and um, just, just, just for laughs. Yeah. Well, you, you know, because I, I, I guess personally, I, I can look back at some of my first books, and I can think they're just awful. You know, just that was just terrible. And uh, even first radio shows years ago, like 10 years ago and stuff. And these are, uh, but it's really not as bad as I think, because people still approach me and say, oh, you know, listen, this was great. I really like this or something. And you're like, wow, 
Um, okay. Um, There's definitely things I could find that are that that, that I would like and I would be proud of, but not not much. <laughs> so, so what what in what what do you think um, influenced you to write? Um, I want to I want to be a spark. Like what what do you think? What was around you, and what what do you think was the, uh, the catalyst for that? Well, if you think about this, you know, as I said, that it arose out of the bowels of the pandemic. That you know, when we feel, you know, like things are dark. You know, and we're called to go inside of ourselves, like like the winter time. The winter time is the time that we go inside, right, in, into the interior self. That's how I looked at it. It's the time to go in and like really like excavate and evaluate like what is, you know, what we're holding within ourselves and um, and cleanse ourselves. And so, I guess that was just part of that process and. The answer to that was, you know, I want to find my best self and I want to share that best self out into the world and hope that, you know, everybody has a chance to find their best self and share that out into the world because that's how we get out of where we are. Hmm. Now, when when you have someone listen to your album or listen to that song in particular, um, is there an underlying thing there that you want them to take home or think about is that i mean besides the words is there something deeper is there a meaning that um you're hoping people pick up i think if there is it's it's literally it's, it's what i had said it was what i just said it's that you know we have our highest self and we have our lowest self and at any moment we can make a choice or start making a choice to be our highest vision of ourself so if somebody hears that and says, you know, I want to be a spark that starts a forest fire. I want to be something good and I want to share that goodness out into the world. And I believe that when that goodness really can't be anything other than that, because it literally just wants to be shared. So um, I think that's it. Hmm. That's really interesting. Um, do you, do you, do you, draw from other bands like you mentioned Fleetwood Mac landslide is there some some influences that come into your work like that well absolutely I have been mostly influenced by Jackson Brown I remember my sister was in sixth grade I was in third grade and I remember seeing running on empty on her floor and she was spinning it on her record player and I remember that moment and Ever since then, I've been drawn to Jackson Brown's music. And a close second is James Taylor. And I love what both those artists do. I particularly love James Taylor's backing vocals. Like Carly Simon said, nobody mm. does it better. When it comes to backing <laughs> vocals, nobody does it better. He is enormously creative. I set out in this project to create vocals that would be equal to that. And I don't know if I ever can or will meet that. That, that is a very high standard, but that's how I think um, about, you know, in esteem, James Taylor and, and the creativity, particularly when it comes to the backing vocals. And of course I grew up in Jersey, so a close third would be Bruce Springsteen. He's a brilliant songwriter. I don't need to tell anybody that, mm -hmm. um, but growing up in Jersey that, you know, all that stuff just washed over me. Those those are the artists that uh, influenced me. And I feel like Jackson Brown, I know um, his father was, uh, I believe, a minister. And James Taylor had a spiritual awakening. Both those artists are willing to speak in spiritual terms without overwhelming or beating anyone over the head. And I really resonate that with that. So, geez, I thought Curly Simon was singing that about me. <laughs> she, she was. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm crushed. I, I'm just crushed. That's just awful. I thought she was singing about me. Oh, we all did, I guess. <laughs> we all did, right? <laughs> oh, devastation. Well, and, and now, so the, a, a second track you picked for us, like uh, to be playing, we will play next. It's it's called "Like a Telegram." Um, what what can you tell us about that song? I remember growing up. In the uh, during the Cold War and I was young during this time and I didn't understand what a nuclear bomb was and um, 
you know, what the, you know, whole implications of the potential nuclear war meant. And in 1989, when the Berlin Wall fell, I remember that my body just completely relaxed because at that time I understood and I think the whole world took this great sigh of relief felt a sigh of relief and we all sort of felt it. if you guys remember how that felt you know there was this, this great hope and possibility that seemed to emerge and so I remember this time and I remember feeling safe and I remember feeling all this hope and potential for the world and then it seems like since 9-11 um, things have changed. Like I don't necessarily feel that so much as I used to. So there was this place of innocence, you know, between eighty nine and nine eleven that I'm just so grateful that I know that I, I was able to feel that. So this song, like a telegram, um, is about just remembering times that felt really great and wishing for it. And of course if you have that desire then the hope is still there so it's it's a hopeful song um, there's a little gloom but all, all these songs ultimately have positive messages um, so that's that's where that one comes from mm. it's all, all about wishing for and remembering you know what what felt good and it's interesting the it's not intentional but there's a reference to Steely Dan in the um, in the lyrics and you know as far as production you know and being a studio band um they were a studio band for a while and you know they really went for a a warm focused sound and so this song is you know is not steely dan it's a different vibe but there's a lot of the similar aesthetics as far as production that went into it for all those people who are interested in that sort of thing mm. you know it's it's amazing too you know because us old mm. enough to remember the times from the 80s before 9 11 um mm. You know, I, for me, I could never see it coming, what came in the last five years or so. Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, it, it, didn't, it didn't, it seemed like we were going in a direction that you'd never turn back. You're just going to go forward. It might go at different speeds. But um, I didn't see that turn in the road, as, as you might call it. Yeah, and, you know, going back to what you were saying about Spark, I mean, I have to believe that there's goodness and that we can tap into that and move forward. Like that has to be, you know, otherwise why get out of bed in, 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 at the beginning of the day? So again, the whole album, the whole album is ultimately about hope in, in, in different forms and about, you know, different spiritual themes. But mm. um, yeah, okay. I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I never want to get out of bed anyway. So I just, <laughs> but, um, well, it's cold up in Canada. Well, not now. No, not now. It's not. No, actually, it's been hot everywhere. <laughs> I know. I know. I've been re reading the news about uh, Canada and its uh, yeah. weather. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really hot. It's been, you know, one ten, one fifteen. 116 um uh, it's it's been pretty warm so crazy yeah well well we'll lead off with like a telegram and we'll go to our sponsors and we'll be back right after this <laughs> Nice. You're unkind. We dream 
When you get a few songs like this and you're putting it together, an album like this, uh, what's your overall concept of the album? Or do you have that ahead of time, or do you build it from the songs? Well, I can tell you this. This is probably not the answer you were thinking, but the way that this album came about was I was in Nashville doing a songwriter's workshop with Beth Nielsen, um, the great singer-songwriter. And I was warming up. And I just started strumming and playing, you know, singing this uh, song, The Old Five and Dime, which is just one more song that I had thrown away. I write them and then, you know, they they pretty much, I, in order to stay creative, I, I try not to attach to what I create. So I didn't really think much about it. I was just warming up and she just looked up at me and she said, I want to hear the demo of that. And so right there in that moment, I decided, okay. I better collect, you know, at least 10 songs that I think are strong and start putting a couple things out there. And that's how the idea of this particular album came about. So I just picked the 10 strongest songs um, that I had written up to that point. And again, one got cut and then I Want to Be a Spark got placed in there. And that's how the album came together. Hmm. Do you, is, but there, there is a connection. Like you, you, you quite often talk about in spiritual terms. So, there, there, there is a connection to each of these songs. You know, for me, the music and another reason why I don't attach to the art is because I want to stay present in the moment. I want to be. To me, that's where the the thrill is. Is in, it's in the creative moment. So, I really try to again just place things aside so that something new can come along and um i think that's served me well yeah i've got i've got i've got you know bins of songs i've got notebooks and notebooks i never i don't look back at them i don't get i don't get attached to the idea of what it is and and mostly to answer your question a little bit more specifically the song is a reflection of where i'm at spiritually emotionally at any given time so if i'm doing my job correctly i'm growing and that's another reason why i can't attach to the song because you know what i wrote a year ago is not where i am today so i feel like you know if i write a song right now it's going to be more resonant with me than what was written a year ago so it's it's sort of a double-edged sword you know giving up on what you've created so that you can create something new but at some point i will you know, maybe we'll go back and look through um, all that stuff. That's very interesting. Do you, I, I'm wondering, um, you're talking about uh, the 80s and going back to experiences that you had. And I, I had just seen a, um, uh, a, a, yeah, I did watch an, an interview with uh, Lisa Loeb, where she was talking about, with her, with her song Stay, 
And she kind of intimated that it it was a story, but it may not have been like a real situation that she'd actually been in. And I was just wondering, are, are you pulling, do you pull from your own experiences, other people's experiences uh, when, when you construct a song? Or, uh, a lot of a lot of times the songs are are not autobiographical. Hmm. They're they're characters in a, in a movie. I think ah. in visual I think in visual terms, and I tell stories, and I'm commu I'm using the character to communicate an idea. I see. So mo most hmm. of the time, no. And also, as I said, most of what's coming through, I'm not really conscious of. Obviously, part of it hmm. is a reflection. Um, I think that the deeper ideas are a reflection of my 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 thoughts and my emotions, my spirituality. But the the outer veneer is um, is a movie. Hmm. So very so much like writing fiction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. To 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 tell the story, you 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 lie to tell the truth. Well, there you go, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There's the method. Um, so, so all these songs you wrote, I, I, you're not going to be like Prince, you know, who dies and then family members are going to come in and start reselling all your stuff that you never want it to get out. Um, I hope not. I, that's but, that, but you never know. Well, that's, so that, I'm, not, I'm not banking on much. Yeah, because that's pretty, that's pretty awful. You know, it, it, you're kind of rating an artist and what they did and things that for some whatever reason they didn't think it was finished or put it out and then uh you know to take that and then launch it for your own money sake it's kind of i i think everyone who knows me knows that i'm not interested in being known but i would like the music to be known and there's a big difference in intention oh yeah yeah no that's story of my life i, I mean i hide and uh <laughs> you're gonna burn all your old stuff yeah <laughs> nobody can get, get at it so so now Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, your next song you chose for us to listen to is uh, Love Will Last. Um, that, that seems to be a little bit more emotional for you. Is this true? Or where, where does this come from? Well, this, this, well it's interesting. it totally ties into your last question. So I'll tell you the story of how that song came about, and you can see how... This is actually pretty random. So I was in probably a different um, class in Nashville, and I had been, it was like all weekend. I was exhausted. I was coming back through the Nashville airport, and I was at that little lounge there where they have this guy that plays guitar. He's a really great guitar player, and I was just sitting there, 
enjoying this guy play. And then he took a break, and this guy sort of meanders over to me. I sort of catch him out of the corner of my eye, and I have my guitar with me. He's sort of like this big, burly, apparently intoxicated guy, and he just kind of comes up to me, and he's like, can you play me a song? And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry, but like, I I'm not here for that. Oh, come on, play me a song! And I'm thinking, okay, I'm just like too tired. To like, I'm thinking this is going to get like aggressive, and I'm just, I don't have the energy to defend myself. I'm just hoping he goes away. And finally, his wife, who's sitting at another table, she says, just leave the guy alone. And so he just kind of stumbles away, and I go back into my little world. And then a little while later, out of the corner of my eye, I see that same guy walking over to the table. It was his wife, and I think it was his sister. And he's carrying this big bouquet of flowers that he just bought out of one of those carousels. And he just sort of like pushes into their face, and he says, Here, I got these for you guys, because I really love you. But you have to share them, because they're expensive. <laughs> and in that moment, in, like, listen to the lyrics of that song in that moment literally that entire song streamed out of me i pulled out my phone i wrote the whole thing like in two seconds and then i pulled out my guitar in the nashville airport found a place and i wrote the music by the time i got on my plane that song was done wow and and it's interesting and of course it's just sort of like a fun pop song i love the the punk edge on it it's like Reminds me of my 16-year-old self uh, thrashing around in the basement with a Les Paul. Um, but um, it, it does have a deeper spiritual message. And it's, you know, that our, um, you know, the love of our, you know, our love life is not the same as divine love. You know, divine love lasts forever. You know, the love that we have here on earth is, is impermanent. And so that and it, it's a very, like, subtle um you know, punky, upbeat song, but if you dig into it, there's actually meaning there that's significant. And it took me a minute to tease that out, by the way, because again, the muse just spoke to me, and the muse speaks to me when I'm in Nashville, I don't know why, and that song comes out, and then I have to ponder, and then I finally realize, oh, okay, that's what it is. I mean, that's what it is for me. I trust that everybody can hear what they hear and decide what it means for them, but, you know, my interpretation is that that's what the muse was trying to convey through this very simple song. All the traction makes the world go round. A single glance, all it takes is speed up and down. Love goes back. Flowers from a carousel. Yeah. And turn to die. Very 
ever worry about um, kind of giving away too much of yourself in, in some of these songs, exposing some of your feelings to, to the world? You know, I really don't think in that term. I strive to be honest and whatever that means. Um, I remember when we were doing the percussion, Eric Darkin, who's a percussionist out of Nashville, you know, he said, you know, this really sounds honest. And I realized I had done my job well to have Eric Darkin say that. And um, so I'm not my story, you know, so... Um, I'm hoping that people find inspiration in, in the meanings and um, and ultimately the hopefulness of the songs. And if I've been able to do that, I'll feel successful with it. How do you, how do you, how has it changed you uh, writing songs like this? Uh, because coming out of the process, it, you must feel different. Uh, you, there must have been some sort of a development or change in, in your own, I don't know, in your own persona. Ask that question another way, if you wouldn't mind. It's, it's, th it's throwing me off a little bit. I'm well, sorry. well, what I mean is like when, because like, okay, for for um, Dave and I, we both write books, and I and I think I can speak for him on, and stories. And every time you go through a story and you write a book and you put it out, once it's completed and done, um, I'm different now. I'm no longer the same person I was before I wrote it. I see. Well, okay, so that's interesting because what I experience since I sort of pull all the information in in like emotional and spiritual terms is that the song is teaching me. So the song comes to me with some awareness and it is ahead of where I am. So it, the song itself for me personally becomes a benchmark of something to understand that I can begin to walk towards developmentally. So I think about it like, you know, when you're 16 or say you're 13 and you get a Christmas present, you know, of a sweater, but it's only going to fit you when you're 20. That's how the music is for me. A lot of times I don't feel ready to embody it because it's ahead of me. I grow into the songs. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, I was also wondering, um, we were talking about influences. Uh, do you listen to anything that might surprise fans of yours, or do you have any surprising influences um, that that uh, they get pulled in when, when you're writing? I don't know that I have any surprising influences. I just, I mean, I love the music of the 70s. Mm. Um, I'm more focused and drawn into melodic tones as opposed to rhythmic Um types of music um not no nothing nothing crazy um other than you know i like the ramones and i love mm. like the hard edge of some of the guitar the guitar tracks from the cars and mm. uh, the new wave sound that came up in the 80s um i love that sort of hard edge stuff so that some of this is very mellow and gentle and leaning more towards, say, James Taylor and Jackson Brown, and some of it is more, you know, fed by that impulse from listening to all that hard edge stuff from the 80s. I can hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It, 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 I guess in some sense it, may, it's, it makes it uh, a little contemporary, you know, having mm. that, that edge to the softer stuff. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I like that it just it, it, brings, it brings balance. Um, one thing one thing defines the other it gives definition to the other thing so um, to me it doesn't feel out of place if you just listen to the first track and then you go to level last you might feel shell-shocked <laughs> this is designed as a project I don't think people really record like this anymore because people are listening to singles but this mm. is has a beginning, it has a middle, and it has an end. It's a roller coaster ride. You get on it, it starts out slow, it builds, and then it comes back down and you get off the ride. And if you're willing to listen to 10 songs in a row, then you get that experience. And it's fine. Anyone, people can listen in any way that suits them. But I conceived it and recorded it, produced it as a uh, concept project, not not singles. 
When you do that, I mean, um, it seems like you've um, looked particularly for, for people to help produce and record this this album. Um, like you, it, it seems that way. Is that true? Like, do you, is it very, are you very particular about who you work with? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I wound up producing it. At it, it first, I thought that I would have a producer, but as I went along, I realized that in order to bring about the vision that I wanted, I needed to produce it. So ultimately, I did. And then I have had enough experience in the studio that you know I pretty much have a rule. You have to be fun to be around. You have to be creative. You have to be good people. And this basic rhythm section, Shane Terrio, all these guys are all out of New Orleans. Uh, Mike Lemler, um, Craig Young's actually from Nashville, and Doug Belote. These are guys I've known, except for Craig, uh, 10 years. They did demos for me about 10 years ago. And they're great New Orleans musicians and fun to be around. And that, you know, all those interaction and the chemistry gets onto the tape. So I am very particular, um, making sure that I've got really high-caliber musicians, but also really high-caliber people. Yeah, it's, it's important. Um, do you have to like the people you work with? Like, do you have to have a, a kind of a, a relationship, or is it just, can it be professional? I do. When, when you're talking about this intimacy of the music, um, that's definitely important to me, for sure. And that's why... You know, it took a while to actually get this off the ground. Doug and Shane and I, we all kind of collaborated and talked about how we did this. And what we decided was the best thing to do was to go live at Dockside, which is Maurice, Louisiana. It's a gritty studio. It's a good studio. It's gritty. Um, but you can live there. So, you know, Doug was like, yeah, we won't have our cell phones on and we can all hang out. And so, you know, the idea of how we were going to do it um you know, I collaborated with Doug and Shane and those guys. I'm so grateful for their contributions. Um, all the all the guitar playing and um, anyone who hears it wants to know who the drummer is. Um, there's to me, you know, Mick going back to Fleetwood Mac. Uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac's drumming. Um, you know, Mick Fleetwood. Uh, the every beat sounds harmonic. It has a melodic content to it even though it's a rhythm instrument. And Doug, if you listen to those beats throughout this project, they're just, everything is so precise and crisp and whimsical. You know, that's, it's a great quality in a drummer. And um, I'm so glad that they were on this project. Now, the, the next track, um, The Old Five and Dime, where, where did that come from? Well, this... It's an interesting song because there's a lot of different fodder in it. And that is not a curse. <laughs> I said fodder. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We, we, we're allowed to do that anyway. So. Yeah. yeah. Fodder is good. <laughs> um, so like this existential question, you know, if a tree falls in the woods does it make a sound well like the bigger question is if you live your life and nobody sees or pays attention did you live your life did you live a quality life it sort of ponders that question and of course i have my answer to it i might be curious to see what you guys think about it or anybody else but you know i've got a strong opinion about you know the, the ultimate meaning if anyone sees a shooting star does it shine does it fly well what do you think hmm well, it does. It's important for the people that are shining and living at the time, right? So, I, I'm I'm a depressed man, so <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. We all are. Yeah, but um, uh, now Dave here, he's happy, you know. So, always. Well, so, what, so what? So what? Are you, so what do you think, Dave? <laughs> no one, did no one see the shooting star? Does it shine? Uh, we're getting way too far into uh, philosophy here. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it, it depends on the uh, the eye of the beholder. <laughs> For sure. Right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, yeah. well, your audience can can decide for themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let them figure it out. So mm. um, we'll we'll do that track now. 
dusted off a picture and a blue from the page. Frozen years ago, like rusty gears in the garage. On my soul, but it tracks for late. Now there's a secret heart. Um, these days, um, you know, because the the old day of um, you know before streaming and all that, and it, it, it's it's got to have changed. How how do you feel about the business part of it now? I don't have any feelings about it. it I, I think I did as I was watching it evolve, but at this point, it is what it is. So you can roll with it or you can resist it, and I don't resist. I try not to resist anything that shows up in my life. So, um, just however, wherever it takes me, that's where I go. I'm not going to argue with it like that. You could waste a lot of time, a lot of energy doing that. You know, yeah. the good old days are over. I <laughs> 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 well, I I guess yeah. No, it's just it's just curious because I just wonder how how hard it is to make uh, money and I don't mean you know the rich old days and stuff but I'm talking about just surviving money and stuff it's um, you know you're going to make a whole lot of money off the songs you write 
this is true, and it, since it's not my goal to make money, I don't really give that much thought. I mean, honestly, I'm more interested in dialoguing about the meaning of the songs and what that means to people and these sort of discussions like we're having, I really appreciate um, because this is why I did it. Now, at some point, if there's some revenue streams that come from, you know, they will present themselves. As I alluded to before, I don't have much ambition, but if there is any ambition, <laughs> it already exists within the music. All I have to do is pay attention to it, and that's what I do. And that's how we wound up here on this interview. Well, in the same vein, I was just wondering if you think um, streaming itself with all the platforms puts uh, artists kind of more on the same level, the same playing field as, as maybe somebody who's really famous and, and someone who is more of a beginner um, in the industry. Do, do you think it levels things out a bit for people, for artists? It, it definitely does. And the part of that challenge, too, is that I think there's like 40,000 songs being added to Spotify every day. Mm. There's, you know, we're being inundated with different forms of media. So it can, it's, yes, we're having more access, but there's, because of that access, we're being buried in it. But at the end of the day, mm. I believe, you know, the muse decides what is heard and what is not heard. And that's where I'm at. So I'm not attached to, you know, how prolific or not the music becomes because. You know, we may think that it's this record executive or you know this other person being discovered, but you know the muse, the, the the collective energies of the universe decide what is going to be prolific and what is not. And I trust if this music is to be heard, it will be heard, and there's not a darn thing I can do about it. Now, the the last track we're going to play is uh, "Mercy for All of Us." What 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 would you like people to know about that track? Well, I think about. Um, this idea of forgiveness and it's a big issue for us as humans right you know this um, first of all the idea of mercy you know is uh, mercy love any of those words um, can can be somewhat of a loaded um, a loaded phrase and the idea of say loving your enemy is a powerful idea um, but as humans, it's really, really hard to do. I think you guys can probably admit that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we can set the idea like, yeah, it's a good idea. And like, yes, I want to do it. Even the best among us, like, sets that as a goal. But to actually really, really do that is is quite challenging. And so it sort of sets out, you know, this idea that we all are imperfect. And every single one of us, I, I remember reading the story about Mr. Rogers that on his deathbed he didn't feel worthy he wow. felt unworthy Mr. Ro if Mr. Rogers is not worthy <laughs> then who is worthy you know this is just the state of the human condition that's um, so you know we all are you know none of us are perfect we all make mistakes we're all worthy of forgiveness and if we can't envision this forgiveness and mercy for everyone, then you really can't have it for anyone. And it's and I'm not saying that's an easy thing to digest because it's 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 actually not within our nature. Um, it's our nature as humans. When people hurt us, we want to punish, and we want to alienate. And um, so it's it's a it's a high it's a high ideal. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's expressed that's expressed in the song. Yeah. Now, um, we'll play uh, play the show out with that song. How do people get, get a hold of your music, or where do they find out more about you? Anywhere that music is sold, you can look up the Peter Lawrence Band, or you can go to the Peter Lawrence Band website, peterlawrenceband.com. Fantastic. Now, of course, that, that's up on our website as well. People can uh, listen when they're listening, or they, they can find it with one click. And... Uh, get a hold of some of this great music so um, thank you for being on the show and uh, we're going to play out with uh, mercy for all of us thanks so much thanks Peter
like that poison That glasses were filled The room was spinning We got ripped and spilled www.houseofmysteryradio.com Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.